It's Thursday, Thursday, Thursday! Prepare to have your minds annihilated as Patreon proudly presents the Creators Collective Podcast, featuring the Breaker of Boards, James Wright, the Melder of the Metal, Zach Herberholz, and the Leveler of Lumber, William Walker. The first five live listeners will get the free special bonus of having their questions answered on air. Now on with the mayhem! And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. We are back for episode number 98, only two more to 100. We've got to do something fun for that. But uh, this will be an excellent, excellent show because for uh, we, we have all three people here. Um, so we didn't actually kick Will out of the, the show. We just uh, <laughs> banished him for a week. <laughs> they've, they've threatened multiple times. We, we banished we you to do, a boat. I think we should do for the 100th episode, we should do like the making it 100 but the Creators Collective 100, and we'll do it in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. The destination spot. What do you guys think? Uh, in like two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard glowing you know, recommendations for being Florida. Being completely these, sarcastic so. in case nobody picked up on that. <laughs> if I only had voice, you know, like inflection in my, my speaking, maybe more of my jokes would land. <laughs> Well, this week, uh, we've got a few things coming up. We will be doing the Photos Creator Challenge and choosing a uh, winner for that one, so that should be fun. Uh, also, I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon, particularly uh, Darren Mates, Caleb Harris of You Can Make This Too, John from John Made It, and our newest patron, Robert Grant. Thank you for that. You're helping make this better, so uh, woohoo. You nailed that one, James. I did? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the name? Oh, the name? yeah, I got yeah. Robert Grant right. No, thank you. <laughs> Yes, if you have an easy name, please become our patron. I can I can do those. <laughs> so uh, if you want to listen to us, you can do so on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you want to. And we do this live every Thursday at, you know, usually every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, but this time we are doing it on Wednesday because I'm going to be gone. So speaking of which, what do we have going on this week? Zach, what you got? Um. So... Uh... Forging hammers. I got my new uh, Chili Forge showed up in the mail, and it's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, single burner, a lot more efficient. It's it's like, I feel like it's, I, I guess volume-wise, it's probably the same as my old one, but it's just laid out way better. It's the heat transfers better. The opening is bigger. I can get my tools in there to grab hot stuff more efficiently so um i got the uh the tabasco uh the chili for tabasco so that thing is fantastic so i've been it's kind of putting off work last week both because i'm just you know burned out of the 100 plus degree weather that we still have here so i'm just kind of needed a break from that and i wanted to wait and do my driveway as a forge what's that yeah i I think so i could probably cook food in my driveway um, I bought, I was saying before the podcast, I, I bought one of those little digital infrared thermometer gun things and uh, ran, walked around my shop yesterday and it was pretty much 130 degrees almost everywhere. That, that's not taking into account like the 80 something brutal in there. But um, yeah, so I've, it's, it's been really nice uh, just actually being back out in the shop and working, although it's way too hot. It's just, I sleep better and I feel better and uh, yeah, so that's been good. Uh, forging some hammers and uh, ordered up some new engraving tools like old hammer and chisel engraving for for metal. Got some ideas that I'm gonna try and work out here. So I tried I tried forging my own out of 5160 spring steel and the edges just don't hold up carving in metal. It's great for like copper and you know softer stuff, but the tips just don't don't hold up. So I finally bit the bullet and. Uh, there's a site called airgraver.com. So oh. awesome. I didn't buy an airgraver. Those oh. things are ridiculous. Um, I was going to say, ooh, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, they're like $3,000. But they're, it's um, like, I guess it, it's hard to explain how amazing they are until you've tried doing it with like a chisel and a hammer. And uh, once you try that and you're like, man, this is really hard. And then you see the air graver and he'll go like, looks like an eighth inch deep in like three seconds in these perfect spirals. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, where, where, where am I? Uh, oh, Fusion 360. I've uh, been, been kind of trying to, to move over to that. Uh, I've been sort of finally spent a little bit of time designing stuff for my X-Carve and uh it's just, I don't know. I mean, SketchUp's great, but I feel like if you ever actually want to use your design for anything other than designing, you need a more powerful program. So 
been been doing a fusion 360 trying to figure that out uh, yeah much what i've been up cool. cool what you got will uh well i was at the beach last week so that didn't suck um uh uh what am i working on uh, uh i'm picking up the um for a contractor here in town uh the client wanted uh some built-in uh shelves kind of cabinets uh, on either side of a fireplace. So did that out of birch plywood with poplar face frames uh, and soft maple kind of tops. Uh, and I'm picking up some more soft maple, maple to make some doors for the lower cabinets today. Uh, so I'll wrap that project up. And then from that project, uh, it looks like I'm going to be getting some more work, more you know, custom woodwork stuff uh through this contractor and i'll just be kind of like the go-to guy for anything custom out of you know wood <laughs> on the finer end of, of you know just uh not just framing and things like that but if they need anything custom because they don't have the the know-how or the tools to mill you know go through the milling process of you know jointing planing things like that and so they're kind of limited to working with just um stock that they can get from the lumber yard or the big box store um, but so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm working on products to put in my online store. Uh, that's been pretty fun for me because it's doing kind of whatever I want to do instead of, you know, commissioned pieces where I have to ask for a client and, you know, make concessions for things that I don't want to do. Um, but, uh, I'm about to start work on a, uh, live edge, curly, spalted ambrosia, soft maple <laughs> is it live edge um, not for a while <laughs> and i wasn't quite sure what to do with it but it's it's pretty big it's probably 36 inches across and eight feet tall so i'll probably cut it down to something like uh five feet or four feet and maybe make two tables out of it um i haven't decided on the base so it'll probably be steel maybe walnut i don't know i haven't i haven't decided yet um my forge came, uh, speaking of forges, and it's still in the box because I don't have a place to put it in my shop yet. Uh, so this afternoon, I think I'm going to clean up this way, and it's going to live on my welding table for a little bit um, so I can really do some heat treating on some larger kitchen knives. Uh, I might be building a dining table for a client here in town, um, kind of simple French farmhouse style, uh, but... I put a bid in, haven't heard back yet, so we'll see if that happens. And then yesterday, around 5 o'clock, uh, my friend Rich dropped off some massive walnut slabs. Uh, he sent me a text and said, hey, like I've got these slabs that I want you to book match for me. And uh, you know, I said, sure, that sounds great. And then he showed up yesterday, and they're 10 feet long, 3 inches thick, 4 feet wide, 2 of them. And <laughs> I went... Okay, they're you know massive, you know they're each like two hundred pounds, something like that, um, at least. Uh, so, gotta wrap my head around that. Uh, <laughs> I, I was thinking garage for a while. Yeah, like I was like, uh, where do I put these? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that, and I picked up some uh, box, really nice figured box elder. Um, from one of my slab guys and I'm thinking about making either a ukulele or a mandolin or a mandola or a guitar, but that's like, I, I might start small and then move up to a guitar, but I got Tommy Huffington in the back of my head going, do it, do it, do it. So, so that's what I got. Work. <laughs> so that's what I got going on. Uh, how about you, James? Um, let's see. I've got a, a, a video come out Thursday uh, talking about rust prevention where I actually went through the entire shop and, and talked about my normal procedure um, because I, I have it all written out and taken care of that, I'll, that I do once every six months and then once every year I do a slightly different one. And so it was kind of a, a fun way to do that. And I had a lot of good comments and responses in there about other things that other people do. And um, I, I don't have a huge amount of rust problem down in my air conditioned basement. Um, and so some of the people that had a harder time with that actually were able to put quite a few good selection uh, comments down in the well the comments. So it was a, a very good video. Um, ooh, splayed dovetails. Yes, I'm having fun with those. Uh, made a step stool for my wife last week, 
and uh, that video came out Saturday, I think it is, but the video that's coming out later today or tomorrow uh, will actually be how do you hand cut splayed dovetails. And when I first saw them, I thought, that's, that's, that's difficult. I mean, dovetails themselves are, are difficult, but then once you put an angle into it, then you got compound angles to cut. And it kind of scared me for a while until I wrapped my brain around and I realized, wait a second, with hand tools, it's the exact same thing. Uh, the only difference is you're not using a square, you're using a bevel, uh, bevel uh, angle. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bevel guide, bevel gauge. <laughs> uh, so you're, you're not just, you're not using a square. Um, and it suddenly became really easy and obvious. And with, with the hand tools, it's probably quicker and easier than anything else you could do with a jig. I don't know, you know how you would, you have to create some wacko jig to do them on a, a table saw at that weird angle. And it would be, it'd be kind of fun to do them with power tools, but yeah. <laughs> so that'll be coming out the, the, tomorrow. And then, oh yeah, last night uh, we did a live video with my wife and I'm actually starting a series where I'm teaching her woodworking. So how do you teach a beginner the things that you know? And this has been kind of a, a learning process for me because um, teaching someone who's never handled a plane before, how do you push a plane? Uh, it's so ingrained and so obvious to me that you grab the plane and you push it. But for her, it's something completely new. And that, that one actually kind of caught me off guard because I had her working on my bench and my bench is on the high side for me at six foot one and she's four foot 10. Um, so she's working up at her armpits and I, I didn't think it would be that much of a problem, but if you watch the video, it was, it was horrendous. It just, it, it made it so she basically couldn't use the plane. Um, and so we're going to be changing up a few things to, to do it next week. And then next week I'll be teaching her about saws. So it should be kind of fun, but yeah, cool. that's what I've got going on. What's the name of the the dovetails that are? Um, I always forget the name of them. They're super cool. Uh, where they're almost like scalloped, where like they go, they're staggered. Like one goes really deep, and one goes shallow, and one goes. Deep. Uh, oh, I know. Wolf's tooth? Are we talking about or like something uh, type of dovetail? Wolf's tooth, sounds, wolf's tooth sounds like yeah. yeah it's, that's where there's like you put a dovetail inside of a pin. No. Um, it's just. I mean, it's kind of the same idea, but like they go deeper and they're staggered. Um, is it not like what you'd see on the end of uh, like a tail vice piece on a like a uh, hound's tooth? Yeah, hound's tooth. Okay. Hound's tooth dovetails. Yeah, I I have very little interest in like. I mean, not that I don't appreciate them, but like for what I do, it's just it's not something that's like normally. It's not something that I nor could normally work into my workflow. But man, yeah. like here, I'll post. There's a picture I'll post in the link. They're just so. I, I think they're so cool. Like I don't. I don't understand. I guess I don't I don't participate in like all the the dovetail craze, but man, these things sure are cool. <laughs> the dovetail craze, the dovetail craze, it started sweeping, in... sweeping the nation <laughs> since it's the hottest thing since, since the five hundred BC. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, wow, probably older than that. <laughs> Why can't I open the? Uh, Speaking of teaching, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. My buddy works at uh, the my hardwood dealer, and uh, we've been friends for a while. And so you go in, hey man, what's going on? You know, not much. And I left the hardwood dealer, and he sends me a text a couple days later, and says that there's a 14 year old kid that uh, came into the shop, and my buddy started talking to him and said like, oh wow, that's super cool. You're into woodworking. You're 14 years old. That's awesome. Where do you uh, where did you learn most of your stuff? And uh, the the kid said this YouTuber, Will Walker, and like my buddy immediately texted me like, hey, like, you know, this 14 year old kid uh, came into the shop and said like, you know, you taught him via YouTube. That's pretty cool. I just thought that was like my heart just swelled <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, all the feels that's that felt really. So um, I just. Thought I'd mention it that you know what we do on YouTube actually makes somewhat of a difference out there. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I actually got yeah. to connect this week with uh, with the guy who taught my dad, and uh, his shop was the the first woodworking shop I was ever in, and I actually did my first couple projects in there. And so it was kind of fun to actually touch base with him and say to to connect with that person who made such a difference in my life, and I've never actually talked to in a long, long time. Oh, huh, cool. Yeah, I, I forgot. I think I forgot to mention. I don't. I think I posted that video within the last. I put a new video up in the last week, and it's just gone. It's just exploding. 
Um, just funny because I predicted. I'm like, this is like not one of my favorite videos of I've ever the file handles. So yeah, I'm like, this is like, <laughs> I felt like this is kind of lame. So it's probably going to do really well, and it's been just exploding. So, uh, but yeah, it pushed me over the hundred thousand mark. So I'm finally, finally woot woot. a member of that club, which is cool. Woohoo! Don't you get some sort of play button or something for that? I think I think it that takes a while. I think so. Yeah. Um, I've been checking my inbox and I haven't gotten any of them. I don't know if you're supposed to. Apparently, I, I'm supposed to get some sort of email so that I have like some contact there in case I have issues. Wow, the big yeah. boys club. Yeah, yeah. I get you get a, you get a hundred thousand subscribers and you get customer service. Wow, that's yeah. <laughs> they actually give you like an email of somebody instead of having to fill out like an online submission form that you know nobody will ever read. You are now officially on the radar. Yeah. Now, wow. if I, now if something now if my whole site gets deleted, I can actually send somebody an email and say, "What's going on?" Wow. Pretty. You. I feel powerful. I feel empowered. Big, yeah. Big big time. Yeah. You've made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I commented on somebody's Instagram uh, the other day. Uh, somebody posted, you know, posted something on Instagram asking a question. I. I commented on and i can't remember what i commented it doesn't, doesn't matter but somebody had, had already commented basically the exact same thing that i did and then so i saw that and i said oops sorry you know like didn't realize that you stone so had already said that and the person came back and it was like oh no it's cool just some big time youtuber like you know on the instagram correcting me no big deal and i was like really am i big i'm not a big time Zach. Zach is a big time. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm going to say Johnny is big time. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was so just kind of funny. I think it's the carrot. It's like the carrot in front of your face that you're like, as soon yeah. as I get there, then, when I then I'll a thousand subscribers. It. Life will be awesome. Yep. Yeah. But I, next I don't know. stop. I nice stat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, what do you say we hit? Uh, we have a couple of questions, and this week we also have the photos career challenge, so we have quite a bit to do. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Thalweg design. Yeah, yes, I sent him a shirt a while ago. Uh, what are your favorite ways to develop new skills? Uh, just attempt. Just attended a symposium. I have. I've learned a lot from your videos, and would like to have. I've learned a lot from your video from videos like yours, and have learned a lot over a lot through trial and error. Wow, I need to learn more about reading. <laughs> Through trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there, James. So what are your favorite ways to develop new skills? What are your favorite ways to develop new skills? Uh, I think for me, it's, uh, you know, see a skill or a technique that I haven't tried yet and try to incorporate it into a project. Um, failure to me is the, the most efficient way of learning. Um, if I fail... If I try a new skill and fail, I have found that there's usually a certain point that you fail. It's not just like the whole, you know, I didn't just like, you know, throw my saw at a project and, you know, call it a failure. But, um, you know, there's probably a step in that in that skill development that I failed. And then I take a step back and I was like, all right, well, that was really frustrating. But why did I fail? Um, you know, what about that went wrong? And then... I try to do it again and focus on trying to not get that specific thing wrong. Uh, and then you just develop your skills through trial and error. Um, but yeah, I, I think just trying, trying something that you haven't tried before is the best way to develop a skill or to ask for help. If you know somebody in your area that has done it and they're willing to teach you um, to get into their shop somehow and see how it's done. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I like. I, I think I, I tend to learn a little bit better by myself than I do from a person directly, just because I tend to learn in a very different way. Um, and so for me, I like to actually, you know, I'll go on YouTube and I'll, I'll research some things, and I might read a book or uh, pick someone's brain. But then when it actually comes time to to do it, I hit the project with the mindset of I'm going to mess up. This is going to look bad, and that's okay. Um, and just being okay with the idea that my first attempt isn't going to look great. Uh, it, it's the first step on the, the process. That's okay. That's the way things go. Uh, it kind of takes all the pressure off and I dive into it and I have more fun. And that having that fun in that first attempt, even though it comes out poorly, kind of gives me that impetus and drive to try it again next time. And the more I let myself being okay with having a 
problems and messes, the more I do it and the more I do, the more I get better, the more I have that experience to, to draw on. And I get to a certain point where I've done it enough and I realize that my, my skill level isn't improving much. And that's the point that I'll go to someone else and say, okay, now here's what I've been doing. What have you done? How do you, how do you conquer this? Um, and I find at that point, now that I have a basis for doing something, I, uh, I, I can then draw other people's ideas in without messing something up, if that makes any sense. But I'm a very odd learner. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like it's building on experience, you know. Like, if I looked back, you know, three years ago, five years ago, and, you know, saw the stuff that I was making now and, and think about it like, as just like hindsight of like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this, like in this project, um, I would. Thing. I was like, that's crazy. Like, no, I can't do that. I don't have the skill for that. But you, you chip away at it, you know, a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, and you build on those skills. Of, this is kind of like that other thing that I did, but just a little bit different. Uh, and then you build on that and then you look back and you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that was like exercise. <laughs> you know, like if I tried to run one of James's crazy, you know, marathons or Ragnars or whatever, you know, hundred miles, I would make it about a half a mile and want to die. Um, and, but the next day I might run, you know, three quarters of a mile and want to die. And then the next day I might run a whole mile and be like, where do I puke? Um, but that's, you know, you don't just start out with all the skills unless, you know, you're me and Zach thinks that I'm just the best <laughs> bevel grinder. Uh, 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 what about you, Zach? Um, I don't know. I, I like to do as much research as I can before I before I jump in. Just to where'd my window go? I feel like it's hard to talk to you guys if I can't. See. Oh, there it is. Okay, all right. Although I'd look like a blind guy, just like anyway. Um, no, I feel like it's it's important for me. I like to do as much research as I can and try and pick up. I mean, I feel like so much of the new skills isn't just subtle details. Like there's things that you don't there's things that you don't think about until you're doing it. And I'm, I'm just using, I mean, I'm just using the most recent thing I'm trying to learn, which is like engraving with a hammer and a chisel. Um, there's things that y- you watch a video and you're like, okay, I got this. You you hold the thing and you hit it and it works. Okay, cool. And then you go out there and you try it and you're like, it's not working. Like now I have all these questions. Although I just watched the video and I just, you know, read all about it. There's things like, oh, I didn't think about it. Like how, what angle do I hold this at? How hard do I hit this? Of one finger changes yeah. everything. And then you have to go back and then you're, you're aware of these things that you weren't aware of before you tried it. So I feel like, you know, like I said, the first time you're like, you just, you look at the big picture and you're like, okay, you're holding the thing and you're hitting it. And then you go out there and you're like, well, okay, do what I forgot. I didn't pay attention. What angle is he holding that thing at? Is, does he hold the angle at like, 30 degrees or is it steeper or less steep and so then you get all these questions you go back you watch the video again and you're paying attention to all these little minute details that you didn't pick up the first time and then you get that and you go back out there and and then you have more questions and it's just kind of this this um process of uh you know kind of going back and forth between learning and doing and i feel like they're they're both equally important you can't just you know you can't just do one without the other so i feel like you just you just really have to like cannonball into it. You just have to dive in. I think that's what works for that. You can have all the knowledge, but if you don't have the experience, it doesn't do you any good and vice yeah. versa. You have the experience, but doing it wrong without the knowledge and you get far either. Yeah. I feel like that's very similar to what I was saying. I'm kind of like, you know, failing is the best teacher for me. It's like, cause you, when you jump right in, it's like, Oh, well the, the thing went wrong here. What am I doing wrong? And then the next time you're paying more attention to that or, you know, seeking information from somebody else um, from another source, whether it's book or YouTube or blog or a class um, or just watching somebody else do it. But yeah. Yeah. Make Brooklyn just posted. I want to see Will run a Ragnar or whatever. Can we start a GoFundMe for that? (laughs) (laughs) It it would be the shortest run ever. Good stuff. Yeah, speaking uh, of which, my wife actually did complete the uh, Ultra Ragnar this weekend. So, wow, thirty-one miles. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, that being said, she she only trained for the regular Ragnar, so she was training for the the fifteen mile distance, but ran the Ultra. Wow, yeah, that's... that doesn't work for my body. <laughs> <laughs> like I took I took like two three weeks 
uh, off of like going to the gym and I went back and I, I went, I knew it because for some reason, like I stopped, you know, two, three weeks without going to the gym. I went back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with a lightweight. So I did some squats with like, I don't know, like 125 pounds, which is not impressive at all. Like it's, it's like emasculating to lift that little in the gym. Like when you have, <laughs> you're, you're like squatting with like 25s or something, 30, I don't know, small weights and it's, it's humiliating. And I couldn't walk for like two days and I usually can squat a fair <laughs> amount, but it's so like, yeah, I take three weeks off and it's like, I have to start over. So I don't know how you can train for 15 miles and run. Th- I had a friend who was planning on a marathon and her longest run was eight miles and she still completed under four hours. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, I'm not, I'm more of a conditional runner. Something has to be chasing me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, why are you running? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I have a question for the Q and A. I was going to say, we have a question from this weirdo named Will. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm a third of this podcast. I can ask a question if I want in the Q and A. Um, no. So I've been, uh, as I'm getting to build more, more and more of my own stuff, um, I've been looking for more inspiration. So my question to you all is who are your favorite current furniture makers? You know, so, um, like the people that are still producing to make money, uh, people like for me, it's, um, people like David Stein, Greg Claussen, uh, Martin Goebel. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my question. Who are your, who are your favorite furniture makers right now? Uh, I don't have any right now. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't care about like who's current or not. I just like, I guess what <laughs> I like, I don't know if that counts. Um, there's, I mean, like Charles Rennie Macintosh is just yeah i mean most the thing is is most of the designers i like probably like what they design is the least comfortable things ever but they look (laughs) super cool like it's the design that i'm into um sure uh, it's form over function right yeah i mean you can i I don't know i just i I like the I, i really appreciate the the artistic like the the mindset and i feel like for me it's more inspiring i mean there's comfortable chairs everywhere. I want one that's like, whoa, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> yeah. you could still sit in them, but you know, like uh, Frank Lloyd Wright has, I mean, everything he does is super cool. I think he's, he's kind of similar to Macintosh in the way that everything's like rectilinear and kind of arts and craftsy um, really cool stuff. Gio Ponti is one of my favorites, an Italian guy. Uh, Jean Prouvé, uh, super cool stuff i think he was he kind of has like that 50s modern industrial vibe to a lot of his stuff it's like right when you know what they thought was modern or futuristic in the 50s kind of like that like almost jetsons type i was gonna say the jetsons you know like uh Um, a lot of three-legged table stuff yeah raymond lowey who's you know he's like the father of the godfather of like industrial design so like all of those you know any any like art nouveau poster is probably has like the Raymond Lowy train or the Raymond Lowy bus or you know those old things just it's like 50s industrial stuff uh Arne Jacobson is a little bit more modern like Danish style stuff he did he was one of the first people that did like the the molded uh plywood chairs and that sort of thing so I don't know I like I like a lot of the older stuff I, I like things are impactful visually so I like a lot of the the Frank Lloyd Wright uh, but it's it that's in the the craftsman arts and crafts tradition yeah i yeah i like his stuff um modern makers uh, i have to give a shout out to um um bearcat bearcat woodworking oh yeah yeah um, yeah 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 his stuff is is phenomenal and it's very very different from anything else he has a, a style that is very much his and uh, that that influence of the ocean uh very very beautiful stuff uh, oh, others i feel like he draws off of maloof a lot yeah yeah um, I mean, but it is very like Brian, like, dude, if you're listening, uh, your work is amazing. I'm not saying that you're ripping off Maloof. Um, I'm just, I think that, I think you're, yeah. Okay. I got, I got one. I have a modern one, uh, that I was trying to think of his name earlier. Um, cause I think he's pretty much only on Instagram, but, uh, Jory Brigham. Mm. It's amazing. It's, yeah. I mean, just, it's super cool. Everything's very tactful and, uh, it's, it's good stuff. Check it out. Uh, I think another one for me is Adrian McCurdy. Uh, he's uh, from the UK. He does a historical, well, 
semi-historical. It looks like it's from the Middle Ages, but he takes wood and lets the natural twist of the wood fit the shape. So he'll reeve out oak. Um, so you're getting the, the ray figures, but if, if the board twists, then the chair top twists um, and everything is fit to that natural bend and flow of the wood, uh, almost That's looking cool. like it was all finished with an ads. Very, very beautiful stuff. Yeah, it's neat. Man, it sounds like this built-in that they just did. The walls were like crazy oh. crooked. <laughs> I'm looking at this table by Adrian McCurdy. Put it, put a link in the in the chat. It it's almost like a like a parallel universe version of uh, um, Nakashima, like just in the way yeah, it kind of yeah. like takes on some of the wood stuff. Um, I get excited about this. So cool. Yeah, another one is, that I that is link live chat oh. to that. Really cool. Uh, oh shit <laughs> another one that's been a, a big influence on me recently is uh seth roland um i don't know if you guys have heard of him but he I does these he does these massive rocks in furniture um oh, just yeah. absolutely gorgeous stuff and a lot of times they're like a counterweight so you have this you know 300 pound boulder at one end that allows you to cantilever out this massive structure or simple modern designs with a natural rock in the middle of them that that everything flows out of really beautiful I I would love to see that. You should you should put it in the live chat. I, I did. Hmm. So yeah, so that, here we that's, are. That's what influences me. Um, yeah, let's let's jump into the photo creators photo challenge. Talking about influence, um, we're going to be picking one of them this week, and I think it's my turn to send a gift. Am I right? Sure. Yeah, I'll send sure. you something. Uh, so let's do a let's do a card scraper. So the person that wins this will get a card scraper in the mail. It's way cooler. Way cooler than a t-shirt for me. <laughs> so zach why don't you kick us off who do you uh who do you like uh so my my first choice is uh let me scroll down is a uh, chad's custom creations i am trying to mm -hmm. find the actual pictures explain it uh there it is okay so it looks like he's using a uh i'm assuming like it's a oxyacetylene torch and cutting and it's just like the color grading and the i feel like i can't use these words in front of will because i might slip up and he'll say that's not correct i don't know it's just a good like it looks it looks like a like if mike rowe had another tv show or something it looks like stock footage or like i don't know it just has like this really like rugged industrial like the ominous clouds in the background yeah it's just it's just cool it's like very uh it captures the idea or the the spirit of what's going on very well i don't know how you say that differently um now, if anyone wants to see the pictures we're talking about, they are linked in the description of the video. So, or the uh, um, podcast. There's the word. <laughs> so that <laughs> so is my live first. Putting them in the chat. That's my first choice, and then my second is uh, Brandy Obey, uh, which is it's like this. It has like this Blair Witch vibe to it. It's like a black and white picture with her dog and like this super cool thing that she welded up. It's like a light. I don't know if she's finished with it yet, but. It's just like it's eerie, which I'm totally into. So I just I think it's super super cool. I like that one a lot. It is, is it yeah. A light or a wind chime? I think it's a it light. Looks like a chandelier or something. Yeah, I, I, huh. she, I, she has a. She's really cool. She's a, one of my patron members. So like every Tuesday, there's a live chat, and she's usually on it. Um, so I have according to the hashtag, it's it's a hashtag big ass light. Yeah, if you if you go to her Instagram and like this like two pictures back, she has a picture of her standing next to it, and she's like some three really by cool three stuff. by four or something like that. It's huge. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. So, um, yeah, I like that one. It stands out to <laughs> yes. me. Make Brooklyn says the perspective force makes it look like a dog trap. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Will? Uh, so I too uh, picked Chad's custom creations just because I thought it was uh, it showed different um, like section planes. Um, so where he's on top of the steel, and you can see the 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 sparks coming out from below the torch. Um, and I just thought it was a a really great photo. The my only uh, two things that I, I would I think that make this a better photo is a to straighten the crop. Um, so the piece of steel runs perfectly horizontal across the frame. Um, just that little bit of off kilter. It, this is constructive criticism. I think it's a great photo and you can make it better by just rotating the crop just a little bit. Um, and I think it's slightly over edited, um, but it's, it's just a really 
compositionally, it's a, it's a really great photo. Um, sorry, I don't mean to be saying it's my favorite and dog on the photo. I think it's a great photo. Uh, now, when, right, when I first saw it, I thought it was a bit grainy, but that was because I was watching it on my 30-inch monitor. Whereas if you look at it on your phone, it looks perfect. Okay. I like All it. Right. <laughs> I think cool. it's good. <laughs> I, think, I think it's good and stuff. Um, <laughs> you picked it. <laughs> uh, and then my second one was from uh, Tommy Cronome. Uh, and Tommy Cronome is... Uh, it's just a really beautifully lit, uh, it looks like it's going to be a picture frame or some sort of square mitered frame. And it's just beautifully soft side lit. Uh, the lines are really pleasing. He paid a lot of attention to um, his horizons and, and making things very linear. Uh, it's just a simply compositionally nice photo. Um, so those are my two. James, who do you got? Well, I as well am going to uh, am going to pick Chad's custom creations. Uh, just a, I know it's metal, and I'm like the hand tool guy, but it looked really cool. Um, just the the sparks coming out, the ominous clouds in the background. Just a well well edited video, uh, picture, video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having issues today. Um, so yeah, you got mine. Uh, then I also have to pick um, Wavy Cycles. Uh, he has this S bent piece in the the coals and it's a very simple simple picture very little added to it but uh the composition of it just really really kind of sung to me yeah that i one know i think two metalworking things hmm. well, what's this mean well i think chad, chad yeah james is jumping into a new obsession um <laughs> so i think that makes chad the winner yes yeah, so uh chad uh, get in touch with me i'll probably send you a dm here in a little bit but uh, let me know, and I'll get you a card scraper in the mail. So do we have a uh, topic for next week? Uh, this will be oh, this will be the 100th ooh, um, ooh. episode. Shoot. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared. We're a day <laughs> early. We're a day early. I, I was supposed to have another day. I just got back from the beach. How about if we do something <laughs> simple like uh, wood grain? Wood grain. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. That sounds like a, a nice one for the 100th. I wish I had some wrought iron. Then I could do like metal grain, be like. How about just how about just grain? Like it could wheat? be no, it could be well, it could be if you're creative. Um, it could be film grain. It could be metal hey, grain. What's that shirt you got grain. on there? It's um, it's this guy. Uh, he welds and stuff and oh. uh, furniture and fabricates. You're really gonna wear that weld stuff? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, he's wearing a ZH fabrication shirt. <laughs> yeah, I was giving. I was trying to show you one. The, yeah, it's it's gray in person, but yeah, uh, I thought I would give some some maker love to to my co podcast host Zach Kerberholtz from ZH Fabric. <laughs> make make Brooklyn says clearly it's laundry day for Will. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have one of your shirts, Will? No, I've got a Teespring campaign. So unless I bought it and sent it to you, which or unless you, didn't. you bought it, which I didn't. Which you did. Um, Am I going to have to like win a photo challenge or something to get one? What's up? Yeah, man. <laughs> Step up your game. Uh, cool. uh, so for next time, then shoot a picture with grain, whether that be wood or metal or plastic grain, something showing off the grain of or the film you're working on. Oh, or film. Yeah. Film. film. Material you're working with. Yeah. All right. Um, so we will be doing that for the 100th episode. Should be kind of. Should we have a guest for the 100th episode? Uh, we don't yet. Should we? Let's talk about that. We'll see if we can get one. I've got uh, uh, David Lyle on the on the from Popular Woodworking. He's huh. he's totally stoked to be on the show. Maybe okay. we'll, we'll see. Well, we don't have an official joke of the week, but um, I, my my son came up to me and he said, "Dad, I've got a joke for you." Now, consider he is seven, uh, and he made up this joke by himself. So I thought it would be perfect for the podcast. And that joke is, "Why did the mattress get in bed? Because it was sleepy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that's for my son JJ. Um, nice. hmm. well, I think he's great. writing new chicken crossing the road jokes. So that's good. <laughs> so I'm trying to decide. I'm going to hold another phallic object in front of the camera. You to see that? Uh, like, see that thing? It's like bronze, gold looking with like a blue yeah. and black. So I was just messing around. Black? It's blue and black, so it's like a oh, burst. It's, it's, so really it's nice black on the edges. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I want to keep this or auction it off, but I figure maybe I'll give 
people on the podcast first crack at it. So I don't know. For those listening, what type of hammer is it? It's, I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's like a weird sort of ball peen. Um, there's, there's a video of it on my stories. I haven't posted anything. I say it looks it. more like a square peen. Well, it's, I mean, it's round. If like effectively it's round. I'm it's, saying the head and shape. But no. Oh yeah. The, the front of it's, I don't know. Anyway, there's, there's a thing of it on my story, but I was figuring I'd auction it off, but then I was thinking like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give our podcast listeners first crack at it. Um, so most of the ones that I auction go for around like, like 200 ish, but I don't know if somebody, somebody from the podcast wants this thing for, I don't know, like one to one fifty. send me a message. First one, it's yours. I'll send it to you. It's cool. So there you go. <laughs> cool. It's a nice mallet. It's cool. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get into what is inspiring us. What are we watching reading? Will, what you got? Uh, so I've been doing um, one of the first knives that I made uh, just with me washing and drying and putting it away without having anything on it. So it's just raw um, or cutting jalapenos or limes or anything like that um, is getting super corroded super fast. Like you cut a jalapeno and two minutes later, like it's the acid has etched. Um, so uh, I've been uh, watching uh, some videos on corrosion protection for knives specifically and specifically self-made project did a really, really great test where he had, um, I don't know, two, four, six, maybe like eight or nine knife blanks that were all laser cut exactly the same out of 1095 carbon steel. And he put them on a board then held them in place with just a couple of nails uh, and set it outside on a picnic table uh, for like two weeks. Uh, and he had each blank was finished with something else, whether it was Renaissance wax or three in one oil or paste wax, or if it was um, blued and then another thing on top of that. Um, and it was a really surprising test. Um, three in one oil. Uh, I think he did two coats of three in one oil. It seemed to do the best at corrosion resistance over all eight or nine blanks. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting test. But now I'm thinking, you know, with something like a kitchen knife, you probably don't want to put three in one oil on it that you're cutting food with. It's well, not three like in one oil is it. basically just a uh, mineral oil with a few other extracts, extras in there. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see my story? The I other don't know day? if I'd want to drink it though. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see my story the other day, James? Uh, yesterday, I I was complaining, like I do a lot often, um, about the uh, the tip on the three in one oil containers. How, oh like, yeah, yeah, I saw that one. You, it only I don't know who who like let this one go. Who's like that's a great idea? Let's run with that. Uh, so the only way the liquid comes out is if it's pointing up and it like drizzles down on itself. So like, wait, if you turn is it, up, is it the uh, one with the was it the one with the straw on it? Or if you pull it out, yeah. The marksman spout is what yeah. they tout it as. It's terrible. So you pull it, you pull it out. It is annoying that you have to hold it way up here to you know pour oil down here. But if you pull the sw- the spout out, it will pour down. Oh, that's still stupid. Like it, <laughs> like it they they solve they they create a bigger problem than they solved. They're like, well, how can we have this thing work upside down? Which why would you ever like? There's gravity. Why would you like unless you're spraying it up in the air like? Why would you ever need that new function of like, well, now it works shooting upwards so that, I don't know, I just don't understand the mentality. But so it works upwards, but it doesn't work pouring down like you always use lubricants because of gravity. Um, Yeah, it's terrible. So I just, (laughs) so James was, was that your pick last week? That golden rock, whatever? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I bought one. It's like six Except bucks on Amazon. That was bigger than the one I have. The was it? Was about half the size of that. Huh. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly big, but um, I mean, it's not huge, but it's, I don't know, it's fine. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it was big until you said something. So. <laughs> Comparing the size of There we go. <laughs> There's just, that's what she said, jokes in there. I'm sorry. I'm 12. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's six ounces. The one that I got is six ounces. I'll put the link in the chat. Um, so. Mm. Yeah, and by the way, uh, anybody listening to this podcast afterwards, the hammer's gone already. Right? Sold. 
You got to uh, get these things. All right, but back, but back to my thing um, about corrosion tests. Yes. I thought it was interesting that three in one oil was the best. Um, Zach, do you have any uh, any experience with corrosion resistance uh, for kitchen e things? Mm, no. Cool. For non for non kitchen e things, I think uh, boiled linseed oil seems to work surprisingly well. Um, I've tried all sorts of other stuff. Um, for furniture lately, like, like if somebody wants like a raw steel finish, I've been having pretty good luck with cleaning it up, hitting metal with a torch to get all like that. It condenses Oxidized. the moisture, whatever. Um, then you wipe it off and then coat it with uh, paste wax. And I've been getting pretty good results from that. Although there is a company, I got to give them a shout out. They sent, it's called shark height or something like that. They sent me this, uh, this metal, I don't know, it's supposed to keep raw metal well i just haven't had the opportunity to use it yet so yeah but it's supposed to work well cool james what are you watching reading what's inspiring you um i'm actually going to pick something slightly different and go with uh, the youtube channel studio c um, which i'm sure most people have heard about um it's a comedy channel and they do sketches kind of like a saturday night live type thing Um, but they just put out a video about dad jokes and i thought it was apropos for the podcast and it, it, it is probably my all-time favorite Studio C sketch. Absolutely fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just one you got to watch. So if you like dad jokes at all, um, yeah, <laughs> I'll leave a link to it. What you got, Zach? So earlier I had mentioned I was learning uh, Fusion 360, and um, I found a, a guy who does videos teaching Fusion 360, and they're pretty good. It's like from the ground up. So cool. Well, what what uh, what is your tool week, tool of the week, Zach? Um, so I'm going to go with that infrared temperature gun. Uh, you guys all probably know what I'm talking about. It's just like a little gun that you point at things and it tells you how hot it is. I initially didn't think it would be very useful because most of the stuff that I'm doing is like above a thousand degrees. But for for tempering and quenching and just you know if you're forging stuff, it's really handy to see because if something's under like you know, 400, 500 degrees, it's usually okay to quench it without hardening it. So it's, it's just, it's really handy. Plus it confirms how miserable my shop is, which makes me happy. I use mine when I'm making boiled linseed oil. Hmm. It works in liquid, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Because I can actually shoot down through the oil and get the temperature of the pot at the bottom rather than just the surface of the oil. I wish those things worked for like steaks. How cool would that be? (laughs) You could sense like the inner temperature. Yeah, a nice one thirty. Take it off, you know. Yeah, That'd be cool. Cool. What about you, Will? Uh, so I've got to go with the CMT style and rail bit set um, for making cabinet doors. Uh, so I had a mission style bit set in the shop, and the clients decided they didn't want a straight shaker door. Um, sorry, I said mission. I meant shaker. Um, they didn't want a straight shaker door. They actually wanted a, some sort of a profile on the inside of the door for making the style and rails with the, uh, with the groove and the tongues. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I found that the, the router bit sets, they're a little pricey. They come in around a hundred bucks. Um, but, uh, if you're making, you know, doors for clients, that's super efficient. You know, once you get the, the bits set up, yeah. um, for making doors fast, you know, you can make, you can, once you get everything set up, you know, you can batch out, you know, eight, nine, 10 doors pretty quick. Um, so, if you're doing any kind of production work, cabinet making, uh, the CMT style and rail bit set for doors. And they come in different profiles. So you just have to pick the profile you like. Cool. So I meant to ask you earlier, you got your Ford showed up. Uh, yeah. But your shop is in your basement, right? Yeah. Where are you going to use that thing? I'm thinking about making a cart on wheels, so like on casters, and rolling it out. Um, so I've got a basement patio um, outside my shop oh, door. Okay. So I'm thinking about... Yeah, underneath the underneath the deck. Yeah, so I'm thinking about just wheeling it out, and that's like the deck is like 11 feet above me. Um, so wheeling it out there to do all my forge work, and yeah. then and then just wheeling it back in the what, shop. Uh, what do you? What's on your agenda? What do you? Since you're you're jumping into this this whole new world, what do you? What do you um, start out with? Kitchen knives. Um, yeah. So I with my my online store i'm i'm launching the william walker company home line uh and i'm trying to get into a, a lot of people that follow me follow me for like on facebook and stuff um follow me for 
potential furniture that they might want in their homes. Um, and I put a, a blast out on social media some months ago, like, Hey, like, you know, while the glue dries, what are some small projects that, you know, you guys would like to see in my shop for sale. And everyone said big salad bowls, kitchen utensils, knives, cutting boards, like pretty much anything that would live in a kitchen. And so I was like, okay. So um, I want to do some like high end, like chef's knives, like eight inch chef knives and six inch utility knives and maybe some shorter pairing knives, things like that. Man, you're, I haven't been on your website for a while. It looks good. Thanks, man. So next you're going to be selling things at Kohl's with the uh, William Walker kitchen label. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the next Bob Kramer with uh, Henkel. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't do – yeah, that is it like a curly maple or something, that that desk on your site? It's like the third one down on the main page with um, the writer on it. Oh, that is curly white oak. Huh. I have not – I'm assuming you have a video on that. I haven't seen it. I do. It was probably more than a year ago. That thing is amazing. Thanks. It lives in my office. Thanks. Oh, Thanks, I'm, Zach. I'm checking, I'm checking out your website, man. See what you Thanks. have. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that about does it for this week. Am I miss, missing anything? I, I think don't so. think so. Cool. Your, uh, your stuff is way too cheap, Will. I know. That's what everybody says, but none of it's selling. So uh, that, <laughs> Why? Like, I can't. That that Mulberry Bench, 500 bucks. That's yep. ridiculously cheap. Why I, is it not sold? I agree. Somebody you buy here, Will's bench. Go buy to Will's it. site. Buy his stuff. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's com. I would, if if there were no shipping involved, I would buy that bench from you right now. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it'd probably be about 100 bucks in freight. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, do you want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon? Uh, particularly our newest patron, uh, Robert Grant. Thank you for that. And if you'd like to help out with that, you can find out more about patreon.com backslash creators collective. You can catch us here usually each Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, and we will do it live and pull most of our questions from the live chat. So looking forward to seeing you then. That's about it for this week. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Later. See you guys. Thanks again for listening to the creators collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.